I can't stop these guys. Happy Friday, everyone from Borgata in Atlantic City. You're pointing. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. How, how nice is this? And we already remodeled the set. It's like one day. Kratz is complaining two weeks ago, and we came here for the first time. Welcome, everyone, and we appreciate our friends Ben and Jim for putting us up here at uh, Borgata in Atlantic City. But Kratz is like, oh, I don't want to have the, the seats with the podium. Is this good for you now? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure why my voice is like that. I love when I want I want I want Scotty's like imitation voice when he's faking somebody complaining. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, I was just making sure that I got everything exactly right. That's it. He has he's a nine or a ten on impressions. You've heard his impressions, right? Good. I'm like a two. He does no, New York perfectly. Good. Salvador Perez. Have you heard of Salvi no, Perez? Oh, Salvi. Give him give him ten seconds of Salvi Perez saying, I am so excited that I'm at Borgata for Friday's show. You mean Salvador Perez? Because he's, <laughs> he's ready to go and he's, he's definitely excited. I like I like excited things like the Borgata because MGM. Uh, I like it. That's I, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. That's what he does. Big old heavy hands. Oh, like, you're like, oh my gosh. Like massive weight just felt exactly. Oh. <laughs> just so heavy. Hey, quick, quick shout out. So we're at Borgata and uh, you can earn up to 20 times slot dollar multipliers every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday through August. Visit theborgata.com for details. We're going to be here every other week throughout baseball season. So you can come say, hey, at some point, one to three Eastern. And let's get into it. Most importantly, today is Lou Gehrig Day. And yesterday really hit home for us when we brought on the great baseball is the best Sarah Langs with us, who is battling ALS and not only spoke to us about what she's gone through, the connections she's making with others around the baseball community and just abroad everywhere that are sending her notes and saying thank you for publicizing an underfunded disease. So um, you can see on everything that we posted yesterday how to get a shirt, how to get a star to support Sarah and also um, give money to ALS research. So th it's a big day. And, and also, I will say Lou Gehrig Day getting a lot more attention these days beyond just the maybe most famous speech in baseball history. Yeah, 82 years ago, Lou Gehrig passed away. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. One of the best to ever played a game. Uh, yeah, this the, the more we get going, the more years go by, the more we're getting after ALS and understanding it, they're finding better you know techniques last for better words to help with it but yes it's it's a terrible disease that you know we hope they find um, you know a cure for here pretty soon when i was driving here i was thinking about you know luke Gehrig day all that stuff like the correlation between when i when you get traded to a team let's say targets traded to the pirates for you know a month while he might not have an impact like crazy on the field, the ripples of Todd being in that organization, good or bad, continue to go out. And like what Sarah's doing, like ALS sucks. Mm -hmm. Like I think there's a lot of people that are affected by it, but there's something that what she's doing, like while her rock in in the water that she's thrown in to make ripples yeah. is is like like it's bigger than most people's but it doesn't mean like every little thing that you can do even from buying the shirt even from wearing the hat like there's a ripple that's affecting people generations to come down the road and i think it's 
I think it's so awesome that MLB's hit this one square on the head. Yeah, like, you're perfectly. right. They nailed it. They have nailed it. So um, I encourage you to look back at the interview yesterday. In addition to that, Sarah also given us the usual stat lowdown on Otani, home run race, Juan Soto's resurgence, the Wii slide, which <laughs> happened again last night right after we posted it. She posted a Wii slide. Which game was that? I'm trying to the, think. I was uh, on the plane. Otherwise, I'll find it. I'll, I got to we'll, we'll look, look at the results. It's the win probability slide yeah, where it seems yeah. like 90-something percent. Oh, eighth inning. Wah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, she talked about Shohei Otani yesterday. I saw a little bit how move over Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. It's not even like she, but she dressed it up so perfectly. Yeah, she's, she's like, she was on, she it's was not, on cue. Like, it's not even close. Like, we're not even talking about Babe Ruth anymore. It's just Shohei Otani. Like, it, he's in his own category. Shohei show? The show and today's a Shohei day. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. <laughs> except, <laughs> except his team lost, but we'll, we'll get to that because yesterday we did have Kike Hernandez on the show. And he had been talking this year multiple times about how he's not feeling like he's playing up to expectations offensively and defensively. How'd he do yesterday? <laughs> One, FT. two. FT, dang Yeah, FT muscles. Ooh, One, two, change up. See ya. Not over the today. monster. Or not to the today. monster. Yeah, over. Over the monster. Over the monster. To the monster seats. Mm-hmm. Um, 8-2 win for the Sox. The problem there was Chris Sale leaving with shoulder soreness. So we'll keep an eye on God, that one. My God. Yeah. Come on, baby. You could see, too. He looked like he was uh, about to rip some, rip some uniforms or do something. He was pissed, as you would imagine, walking off the mound. He just has not been able to stay on the field. So we'll see what happens there. Guest-wise today, uh, Ken Rosenthal is going to join us in about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, I'm going backwards and forwards for some reason. Ross <laughs> Stripling in about 40 minutes, and we'll get to Whit Merrifield in about 15 minutes. And Whit was texting was excited to make a little announcement about a pretty big tournament. He gave us like a sneak peek about this golf tournament. Shh, don't say yeah. I, I won't say anything else. Okay. Hey, you get a hit. Okay? Hit. Hey, you get a hit with yeah, I can't wait to be talking. We're going to have to find a way to get to that. In the tournament? In the tournament. Oh, well, man, I you guys have to hang out. Yeah, you can be my caddy. Is That's it a fine. tournament or a tournament? Tour. I, I hate that. What is That's it? an argument for me. It is. Yeah. Like, look at us. Look at us. We are so, all of us are it's, right. It's, it's, it's not a tournament. Oh, oh my gosh. So no, but but, but I always tell everybody, I said, listen, when I have this argument with people, they say it's a tournament. I said, well, say the PGA what? They say the PGA Tour. Said, yeah. Exactly. I said, exactly. enough. I said, tourney. Do you say tourney? No. You know, if it's like, oh, playing in the tourney. They, they, my wife thinks it's a tournament. Yeah. Tournament. It's, it's like it's yeah, a very regional thing. Where, yeah. Tournament yeah. is a very regional thing. Yeah, no, it's doubt. Like no doubt. Jersey, New York. I don't know about Boston. They probably say the F word right before. <laughs> flipping tournament. Yeah, flipping tournament. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I'm putting it in our notes to ask Wit. So yeah, we'll let I, him decide. I, yeah, we'll have him put him in there. He's the, he's the tournament he's, guy. He's, he's going to be the final. I've been tournament. on many arguments about that topic. Oh. I didn't know it was it was so heated. So we'll find the out. PJ Tur. No, no, no. PJ Tur. Let's charge the mound, shall we? And this is a guy that we have spoken about quite a bit, but not in the last few weeks. He's back. Jordan Walker. Kratzy's boy. Hey, you is that your up. boy? Do you remember last time we talked about it? Don't let the kids play. Don't send them down. We're going to see how he is now. We're going to see his juju, his mind, his emotion. You were right, though. You said the same thing. They'll probably eventually bring him back up. And. 
whether he deserves it or not. Yeah, he struggled there. Up in the last couple of weeks, he, he played better, but it, he wasn't tearing the cover. You know how sometimes you send a guy down? Like, even we talked about Joe Adele a couple of times this year, and the dude's hitting a home run every other day, slugging like Destin 800. Destin here. That wasn't Jordan just out. He had never played AAA, but it's not like they sent him down and immediately boom. He actually struggled immensely the first, what, two-ish weeks. He's been playing better lately. I'm also imagining, sure, you can break down, hey, we've got to rework the swing. We need more fly balls, tap into the power. I'm also just imagining for him, you're hyped up as hell. You get called up to the show, and five seconds later when you're hitting 270-something, they send you back down. I would lose a little bit of adrenaline, wouldn't you? Pull the plug. It has to be. The thing that I don't know, like, that I wouldn't know really how to, like, conceptualize. One, he's a prospect. He's 20 years old. I was still in college. You're done. I'll tell you. But he was hitting 279 in the big leagues. Like, now my thing is, like, and this goes into the whole, like, do you just use all the young kids' options up just because you can? I don't think so. But, like, now he's going up there. He's like, okay, 279 was not enough. Now I got to do more. Anytime you say you got to do more, Anytime you get a contract and you're like, all right, I got to prove this contract. It doesn't work. Anytime you're like, and he wasn't killing it in AAA. And so he could, you know, he could slough it off and be like, it's okay. That's all right. I'm good. But yeah. at 20, to be able to do that, you got to be elite advanced. But. See, and now my example would be this. I got called up for the first time two weeks in, or no, two months into season. I'm batting 302. I remember yesterday. We're in playing. Louisville. In Louisville. So I called out with the Baltimore AAA team there in Virginia. Norfolk. Norfolk. Is there, he, the guy at the club there, I forget his name, too. Is there, everybody gets called up here. Always make, He always makes cookies and brownies. Oh, the oh. best ones. So I got called up to Philly, played pinch hit, pinch hit, struck out. Next day I come in, Dusty goes, hey, man, I've never done this before, but we got to sit him down. Bronson only won an inning in the third when you know the pitcher. Bro, I lost 40 points on my average. You know, a month and a half later, I got called back up. I said, you know what? My mind is set. I'm Nobody's feeling sorry for me. Get back on the horse and go get it. And I ended up having a pretty good year after that. I played uh, – Roland went down and played third for a month and a half. Then simultaneously, he came back. Votto got hurt. I played two months there. I batted like 273. Had a really good – you know, I don't even know if you considered it a rookie year. But first year. First year. First year. And um, I, I know exactly, you know, not necessarily to the point of what I went through, but kind of along those lines, getting sent down for like, I didn't do anything wrong. I've, I've been tearing the cover off the ball. So, like, what the heck? And you actually so, did worse. Yeah. And, and then it, you go down there, like, guys, like, you lose like, a little bit of, of, like, your sense of, like, the hell, I've been working my ass off here. What the hell else do I need to do? So, it's like, yeah, it's frustrating. And, and, now, and now multiply that by, Eight years. Yeah. You know, being in the minor leagues for eight years. Multiply that by getting sent down again and going yeah. back to minor league. It's such, it's so important to have a mindset. Gotta when be you strong. Have this kind of you stuff. gotta be strong. And the guys who aren't, the guys who are like, oh, bro, it's okay, man. Like, I'll just figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're not. You're not just gonna figure it out. You have to put the effort in, whether it's mentally, whether it's, I mean, physically, to me, physically starts the first day mm-hmm. like that's the first thing you do and then everything else adds on top of that then you go back to triple a and the boys like <laughs> good to see you again what the hell happened <laughs> and you got that going on you're like oh man i don't want i don't want to yeah i was in 300 did yeah. you keep me there i made 320 yeah. and then you're in 260 exactly what are you gonna do well the cardinals need to get going too i mean 
we talked about them making a little push, and then you know, they're still seven games under 500 right now. They're 25 and 32. Yeah. I don't think anyone's insanely worried about them no. because the division just hasn't played well. But 25 and 32, you're seven games under 500. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, as uh, a ball club, especially, sure, you, you can make some noise in your division, but are you really going to be a legit playoff team like this? I, I you know what's going to happen. Here. They weren't a legit playoff team to start the season. It's anybody, but they can be. It's anybody's race in that division. Yes. The Cubs are four and a half. I'm looking here, the lowest uh, standings. Cubs are four and a half away from first place. What are the Cardinals? Cardinals are four and a half as well. They're yeah. tied for last. Cardinals need starting pitching, and guess what? I think they're going to be one of the better contenders to pick a guy up or two because they've got a decent farm system. Well, Eduardo Rodriguez, see ya. Not, not getting him now. Maybe Giolito. I think he's he's getting traded. You know, who, you know who I think is the big, just heard it today, and everybody's going to be in on him? Shane Bieber. Wow. Shane Bieber. Because think about who yeah, else is out there. Everybody <laughs> thinks they have a shot. But if you go into a series, who's your, like, you're going in with Shane Bieber. You're like, you want, you want Shane Bieber to be your two or three if you're going in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference now between so many teams making it in and actual playoff contenders, not just teams who make the playoffs. I think the Cardinals can slug their way into the playoffs, yes. But when they get there, who do you have? And that's why the Phillies, like whatever happened with the Phillies last year, they had they always had Nola and Wheeler looming. And Ranger Suarez Every se- as the season goes, he just continues to improve. He's going to do the same thing this year. So, I mean, that was just last year's example. And then look at the Braves. The Braves had this ridiculous – they had a great run going all the way up. They still have their lineup. And then who laid an egg in the playoffs? Strider. Yeah. Against a team that never touched him in, in the regular season. He was throwing 94. So you got They didn't touch him for a few innings. And, and then, then all of a sudden it was like – he, he had been on the IL, too, for a right? while. So it wasn't the same so, dude. Imagine it's like your first year, you hit the IL, you got to rehab with nothing and come back into the postseason. He pitches, what was it? I think three clean innings. Three dominant innings, again. And then and it looked like, fell oh, off. no. Yeah. We're not going to get him. And then it freaking, it just, I mean, the bat slam heard around the world by Reese Hoskins, which it's another story. Yeah, well, let's get into that, okay? So, Phillies lose again. Scherzer dominates. There's a lot to unfold in this one. <laughs> um, let's go on the Mets side, okay? Because Max is Max is back. People, people are hating on Max. You know he's back when he starts chirping again about the mm-hmm. game or something else. He's feeling it. His last four starts have been incredible. Yes. Yeah, but that long, that like long arm strut that he does, that yeah. strikes him, and he like walks around. Yeah. I don't know what he's thinking yeah, about. No, he's exactly. Head more, yeah, 100%. He like he like leads with his he's head. He's feeling himself. He he's feeling himself. That's, he, is. he and he had nine of them things. Nine struts yesterday. But he he was he was he was rapping a lot after he the was, game. Yes, he was. He was. Let's go over some quotes. So he was pissed at Trip Gibson, home plate up because he didn't let him get the one extra. He didn't let him get I don't think he. I don't think he was not at, at trip. trip. He's pissed at the league. For being so strict with Trip, because he said Trip goes, if I don't do this, the league's gonna freak out at me. I'm gonna get in trouble. It sounds like I love how we brought him in. Yeah, I love how we brought him in on that quote too. And Trip goes to me, 
you know, MLB is going to get pissed at me if I don't do it. Like, <laughs> oh, go that's kind of throwing him under the oh, bus. Oh, 100%. Look, whatever, bro. Hey, you opened your mouth, so what? What are you going to do? Listen, that, that's Max, though. Like, he's he's intricate about what he does. He wants anything done a specific way. He doesn't mind the speed-up rule, but he thinks in between innings, pitchers should get what they, how many pitches they want. Or just a little bit of leeway. leeway. If you're on, if you need eight warm-up pitches and you're on seven, and he's like, oh, clock. That's it. That's what they do, though. That's yes. what these umpires are taught to do. Cool, because the inning hits, the clock goes, and it's like if everything's not perfectly in place and you needed one more pitch. He should have taken a one more pitch, and he would have got ball one. Ball. Yeah. Right. ball one. You're right. I, mean, I just I just think they need to allow court awareness for the umpires and then take their hamstring on the umpires. And the umpires are like, they're putting it all in that. They, they are. There's no there's – no, Nobody out there going, oh, yeah, you know, we. I told Trip to do that. They're like, no, 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 no. Like, Trip did it, and he just – Max was under the bus. He roasted him. He said, we're living and dying off the clock. My thing with Max is I think he's right on this part. For umps, let them be – they're adults. Let them be adults. That An extra warm-up pitch is not affecting anything besides making sure most likely that the dude – feels good to go for the next inning and also let's make sure injury prevention is in place remember when we had to talk about harper not getting an extra few seconds with the guard that he had that big guard that he had on I'm like guys it's it's five seconds I, I, I get it on the pitch during the ad if you start wavering on that you know what i'm saying aside from hey here's a guy who is coming back home he gets the ovation we've talked about that but during an A-B, you can't just start being like, oh, I'm going to up the pitch block to 22 this time, or I'm going to give him a few extra seconds. But in between innings, in between at-bats, that's the kind of shit where I'm like, relax. What if we kept the pitch clock and we had, like, what are the games now? I think they're, like, two hours and 39 minutes is, like, the time of game. Somewhere in there. Yep. What if we had, like, a pace clock? Not not that it, it ever changes. Like, we're you're right on pace for that type of game. And you know, it's like it's like a red or green kind of clock where it's like, hey, we're we're two minutes ahead. It's okay if Max Scherzer in the seventh inning needs a breather because we're ahead. And it, you know, just kind of like clock, too not much. manipulation. I think it's too much. I, think, but I don't know. Just just for the umpires to be able to see it, no players. Need I think it. they want it as short as possible. That's why they're doing it. I I think I understand what you're saying. I think it's a great idea. But for me, knowing how MLB works and functions, they don't want 239, they want 229. And when they want 229, they want 219. I don't think MLB wants that. I think it's the writers and people that wrote all these stories are like, yes, like this is definitely what we want because it was not a player-driven thing. Hey, we want quicker games. Sure. It was not an MLB that never drives anything. What was the last, what was the last thing MLB was like? You know, we're getting behind this. This is our idea. Oh, it's like, oh, wait, we hear a lot of complaining. Is it really complaining? Okay, yeah, it is complaining. Now we're going to – they're reactive. They're not proactive. Okay, I understand. I see your point. Yeah, and, I mean, the time of game has been affected. The pace of game has been affected. So my thing is mostly everything's worked out. Right? You're not hearing a ton of complaining like this. Max is very outspoken, and he should be, and we like that. And he comes on, and we talk to him about the – the sticky stuff with the <laughs> rosin and the uh, and the sweat, and two days later, the league's coming out. Got him. I mean, got him. What, conspiracy what, theory. What do you think? Yeah, I love conspiracy theories. I love <laughs> it. What do you think? What do you think of Mike? 
if Max Scherzer would agree to be mic'd up, what do you think you would get out of it? I mean, if this is if these are the kind of comments he has after a game, he's had time. Or is or is he like spaghetti? Like the longer you let it simmer, like no, I think I think. <laughs> right, go ahead, go ahead. I interrupt you. I don't know where no, you're, you're going with spaghetti. But no, go you're, you're good. The longer like, you let it simmer, keep going. The longer you get let it simmer, the more mush it gets. All right, I didn't. I wanted like, to hear that last part. I might. Just, I was going to yeah. use it, but then it wasn't good. So. No, no, there's no He likes no, no, no. He likes mushy. I don't. I like mush. I like my broccoli mushy. mushy. I like everything. Wow. I don't like. I don't like my things hard. Nothing. Nothing crisp. French fries. French fries. Chips. Yep. You know what I like crisp. Waffles, in, Ooh, in the toaster. Yeah. Yes. Hey, he hasn't had a waffle since. Oh, I can have a waffle. It's just a different kind of waffle. <laughs> yes. Wait, tell I'll me make what kind of waffle. Gluten free. Gluten free. Gluten free. Yes. I'll make them some waffles with some oats in it. That's what uh, I'm interested. Yeah. My buddy brought me some real maple syrup from Maine uh, the other day. Who? My buddy brought. <laughs> I love it. You don't like real maple syrup? Oh, it's the best. Uh, it's the only I, thing I have. As as I, that was good. I don't have no amp. Jemima's? What is it called? Aunt Jemima's? Um, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. But it's they're all good syrups. You know what I mean? I love it. Yeah. But for Max, when we get back to that, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you're good. You, I love your it. Your ERA is phenomenal. The last four starts you had, you're throwing in the mid upper six and upper sixties, upper nineties. <laughs> yeah. So no, he was upper sixties. I got a chance. I got a chance. Yeah. And you know what? When when the velo is a little less consistent than it's been the last few starts, it actually helped him a lot with developing not one, not two, but three off speed pitches. And the fastball's playing off of that. So he turns thirty nine next month. The ZRA's in the low threes only because of the slow start. Three runs in his last twenty five innings with twenty eight Ks and four walks. So that's why I said I'm not concerned about the Mets. Because if Scherzer and Verlander are pitching well, if they're well, on the on, field. He's been on, I'll be honest. He's been on, be on a couple teams. They're not going to top the Braves. But that's a playoff team, and I don't want to mess with them with See, those I, two guys. I, I think it's going to be a lot closer to you. Really? I do. I do. I When they get on these runs, it's it's watch out. But you're, you're right, though. Like it's Atlanta's offense is way better. No? Way better? I think way better. Way the better. For sure. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 think, I think it's they're better, but I, 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 I don't. Who's better, who's better on the – like, what two positions are better? I'm on, thinking on, Pete Alonso first base. Okay. Right, over Olsen, over but it's Olsen, close. Yeah. Right? Because no, Alonso is going to hit 50. I, you said Olsen's way better. I'm, I'm not saying way better. Okay. I'm, I'm saying – We're talking the, the positions yeah. that they're close – Okay, the Brandon Nimmo, yes. center field. I think the only runaway, which Alvarez is showing, he might be legit. He might be what the prospect ordered. No, me, but but he's at got catcher, a, he's at got catcher, a ways to go. Yeah. He's got ways to go. He's, yeah. he's not Sean Murphy. Sean yeah. Murphy was getting MVP consideration early in the no, season. No, I, I agree. And shortstop, Lindor is better than Orlando. Oh, how Garcia. about Brandon Nimmo, center field? Against the, he's in right field. I thought. Did they move him? Is he bouncing back and forth? He's doing both, but. Okay, give me center no, field. No, you're right. But, you got all right, then give me right. No, I can't because I got to take him on center field. Yeah, you're I'm thinking, putting Acuna in right. You're putting Acuna in right. Yeah. Okay. Because when I watch the games, he's in right field the whole time. For me, at okay. least, I would love to see the splits on that. But I mean, also, I'm not Jeff McNeil. I mean, he's always he's solid. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
their their offense will be better. Than I, I, I'll what take Jeff McNeil over on no, the first of all, yeah, so Queen is mostly in right. Harris was out for a while. Yeah, he's back when he's on the field. He's really good, but no, no he's doubt. not. He's not Nemo with the bat. I there's guess. there's I, some similarities in there. I'm I'm not saying they're better offense. But they're not way you better. Feel, you feel no. like it's close. I think it's close. Yeah. No, I mean, right. I, I disagree with you. That's fine. All right, time to preview some games. And I had a really difficult time. This was, since we started this segment, probably the toughest time for me to pick just one game. So let's do a little last-minute game time. Yeah. Okay. We're looking at the slate, thanks to our friends from Game Time. Best ticketing app on the planet. Go get it. Hit FT Live in the promo code section to get 20 bucks off your first purchase of tickets. They have the best prices. We'll go over it in a sec. But if you have a last-minute ticket, where are you going tonight? Because usually I highlight two or three games. I've got bolded like six seven. or seven games. If AJ, you see the pitching matchups tonight? If AJ was here, he would just he would just talk about all six of those. <laughs> go one by and one. Be like, well, I, I, I'm gonna go to the A's. You're gonna go to the Triple A game. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lehigh Valley. I'm gonna go Lakewood. <laughs> no, there's so many. There's so many good. Like, there's intriguing parts of it. I mean, I guess I'll just jump in. I'll, yeah, I'll start. One. You got to pick one. I have to. I'm Your so good at picking one. Tickets, AJ picks you got a two flash or three. Deal. I know, but AJ cheats. Easy. You got a flash deal. Easy. Where do you want it? You Where are you going? Easy, easy. Like to easy. me, when I was. I'm starting to think like ballpark location because there's so many there's, good matchups. I gotta specify like where do I want to hang out tonight? There's only one good one. I'm going to Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. You have to see Tyler Glass now pitch in the big leagues, and you never know when he's not going to be pitching. You know he's pitching tonight, whether it's only three innings. I haven't seen how many he's going, but it's electric. It's electric, and at Fenway Park, there's not a bad seat. And you feel the energy from pitch one. And if this dude's out here throwing, we're good. Whitlock is filthy too, though. Yeah, but he is second place in this game. I want to see Tyler the Glassner. Interesting. That's not what I was thinking. Hmm? I'm, I'm getting on the PJ right down the street here, and I'm going out to LA. I'm seeing Severino versus Kershaw tonight, man. This is the battle of maybe World Series opponents. And I am excited to see what can happen. The Yankees are riding high right now, winning two out of three against Seattle. And the Dodgers are doing what the Dodgers do. So I can't wait to see that. I want to see the Kershaw bold like he's been. And I want to see Severino keep rocking like he's been since he's been back from the IL. And now I got to go because my, yeah. I better get there soon. It's leaving and, and what, did, what did Ross say? Something on a craps table? <laughs> no, AI. It teleports you there. So you oh, can okay. leave like Hold five on. minutes before. Yeah. Forget the L.A. traffic. Okay. He's fine. I'm going L.A., baby. Yeah. By the way, Glass now, so this is his second start, right? And his first one, he went four and a third. So you might get five. I think I think, I think Whitlock wins that game. I'm giving Whitlock the W that game. Yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. What's that, what's that coming out pick, of it? But we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah. I still have three that I was trying to decide between. You guys didn't pick them. Uh, I got to go Otani Baldes. I feel like I always pick Otani. Like, I, I know, but it's Framber on the other side. Ramber Valdez is, is a Cy Young candidate, right? That's your I thought you were going to go to Toronto, that. New York, because Bassett's coming back. In the so my three, that was one of my others. Bassett against Verlander, both like shove it guys on the mound who can maybe go seven or eight, too. I don't want to see bullpen shit. And then Seattle and Texas <laughs> was my other one. Okay. Texas is playing inspiring baseball. I love Luis Castillo. These are good pitching matches. I'll go with Tani Valdez, though. I know I got to pick. It can't be an AJ. You can't be an AJ. Tani versus Valdez. So. 
if you don't have the app, also can hit up gametime.co if you want to buy tickets last minute. This is the spot. It shouldn't be stressful. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, any events nearby with the best deals on the planet. Flash deals is what we are talking about earlier. You can click the little fire emoji and you'll get the best deals and the money back guarantee, of course, 110% of the deal back if you find a better price elsewhere. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of the seats before you buy. You can kind of like tilt your phone when you pick on a section and a seat and see where it is. So check out game time. We're running through it for you right now. Again, if you find a lower price in the same section in the same row elsewhere, under 10% back because you won't find it. That's what they're saying. Okay. <laughs> Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time out, create an account, use code FT live for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem the code FT live 20 bucks off first purchase terms apply. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's the view I'm talking about. Like, wah, wah, I think. Pretty cool. What ballpark is that? Dodger Stadium? New York? No, it looks like LA. It looks like Dodger Stadium. I don't have my glasses. What does it look like? Chavez Ravine. Chavez Ravine. There it is. FT Live. Thanks, Game Time. And coming up next, our last guest of the day on a Friday. And. I think he's going to get a good laugh out of the note that I received before the show started. Our insider, Ken Rosenthal, joining us right now on FT Live. So, Ken, I got to know right before the show started, AJ goes, he looked, he obviously is off, but he's still looking in our chat. And he goes, why does Ken keep going on when I'm not on? What did I say? Smart, smart <laughs> man, smart man. He's a sensitive man, AJ. Yes, he he's is. He's got a lot of sensitivity. He's got a lot of feelings. I'm not making the schedule. He thinks I'm avoiding him. Scott, just make sure next week that we're on together. Okay. I'm going to also be careful what you wish for. I played it up a little. (laughs) I was like, you know, AJ, he's sick of you making fun of him all the time. So he's just, he's just kind of sidestepping you. So maybe next time he comes on, he's going to be like super nice. Hey, Ken, I loved the bow tie this weekend. I watched the whole (laughs) game. But uh, hey, I want to start with. Kirk Herbstreet making a big appearance on FT Live yesterday, yes. talking Reds. We loved it. It was a great conversation. He's watching the games. He was super engaged. He was excited. We probably had a 25-minute interview, and I'd say 20 minutes of it was talking Reds, Ellie De La Cruz, his thoughts on Jonathan India. And he had a little beef before, and that's partially why he came on, reading your and C. Trent Rosecrans' story. And then there was more beef afterwards where he and Secret are going after it again and Reds fans are going after him. Are you watching Ellie De La Cruz? So absorbing all of that, what are your thoughts since then as you deal with Twitter, baseball Twitter all the time? I actually just wrote something about this and posted it in our free daily newsletter at The Athletic. And it's the difference, guys, between a fan and a reporter. And I understand that Kirk is a fan. I respect that. I respect all fans and their opinions. That's part of the beauty of the game. But what we do for a living, and Todd knows this, and Eric knows this, and AJ knows this, and every player that I've ever covered comes to understand this, is different than what a fan does. We're not rooting for a team. We are covering the team. We are reporting about the team. And the thing that surprised me about this particular issue, and it wasn't just Kirk, by the way, A lot of Reds fans said, why are you writing about this? 
and it stunned me to hear that reaction because it's like the number one issue with the Reds right now. It's what their front office is talking about. It's what their manager and coaching staff is talking about. It's a talk in the clubhouse. If that kind of conversation is going on multiple places, it's our job to report about that. That's what we do. And the other misconception, and Kirk had this misconception and others did too, was that somehow this article was dogging Jonathan India. If you read the sucker, there was a lot in there, probably half of it, was about Jonathan India's value to the team, and that is why this is an issue in the first place. If Jonathan India wasn't a good player, wasn't a leader on this team, hey, you figure it out, you just move him somewhere. But no, he is that guy, and that's why this particular issue was so interesting to both myself and to Trent, and that's why we wrote about it. We try to write about interesting subjects. It's pretty simple. And the only thing I'll say about Kirk is that it surprised me that as someone who's worked in media now for quite some time, he didn't quite grasp that whole thing. He just wants us to wave pom-poms for the team, and uh, I don't think that's happening. Why do, you, why do you think Do you think it's just the Reds? Like you, you, were, you said you were shocked that they, the Reds fans were kind of like, well, why are you writing about this? Is it because nobody's ever really written about the Reds because they've <laughs> had nothing to write about the Reds? Or why do you think it is? I don't quite know, Eric, to be perfectly honest. And maybe it's that that team has not been looked at in this way for quite some time now. This is a good problem to have. That was the lead of the story. They've got a problem, but it's a good problem. And I don't want to bash fans, but a lot of fans, like Kirk, don't necessarily understand what it is that we do. And that's fine. They're fans. They can think whatever they want. But... Reporters are supposed to look for interesting stories. This is a really interesting story. And by the way, we did not pick it out of thin air here. Ellie De La Cruz is coming. He's coming really soon. And when he comes, they're going to have to face these different questions with their roster and figure out the alignment and who's going to play where and how it's all going to work. That's interesting stuff. Yeah, it's not just fans. Remember... When we started this show, AJ thought that every reporter, Orioles reporter, Britt, you know, Britt was a Orioles fan yes. and C. Trent's a Reds Stop. fan. That's like AJ and Scott, like, he throws up in his mouth every time we say it. <laughs> so does Ken. But, but, with, but with the Reds, I asked C. Trent this the other day when he was on. How soon do you think the Reds are a true playoff contending team? Well, it helps the division that they're in, for sure. And the Central in both leagues is not very strong. So it gives a team like the Reds more hope than they might have in another division. I like where they are. They are quite interesting. I don't know that they're a contender this year, but given the strength of the division, maybe. But it's interesting to see McLean come up and play like he has. They have the three starters. Lodolo is hurt right now. Hunter Green is pitching well. And Ashcraft kind of has to get it back going again. They've got those three. Luke Weaver's pitching well. They have some interesting pieces, and they've got a decent offense, even though there is very little power there. And that is why Dela Cruz will help so much, assuming his power translates from AAA to the majors. So I do think they're relatively close. But the question with a team like this, and it's sort of the question I've asked with the Orioles too, okay, you get your young talent to a certain level, and that's great. You're doing your jobs correctly in player development and drafting and all of that. At some point, though, you have to supplement that. 
You have to put veterans around those players. You've got to build more of a balanced team in that regard. Will the Reds do that? Will they spend money again? Probably the evidence in recent years suggests no. So that is my one reserve judgment aspect of talking about them. They're going to be fine with what they have, the young talent, and it, there's more young talent beyond Dela Cruz. There are players that they got in the Castillo trade, two shortstops that are really good. They're all not going to play shortstop, obviously, and some might be traded. But their system is in a good place. Again, at some point, though, you've got to get quality veterans around them. And they have some now. I don't know if, if those guys are the caliber that you want when you're going to contend. But that's the test that they're going to face. Yeah, now talking about you want people contending, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about the trade market, how everybody thinks they're going to get a, one of the better starting pitchers out there, and there's really not that many out there. I mean, can you can name a couple on you know on one hand, but for you, what do you what do you think about that dynamic and how everybody thinks there's going to be a dominant starter out there to pick up come trade deadline? Well, Todd, first of all, you got to remove Tani from this conversation. One, I don't think he's going to be out there, and two, if he is out there, he is in a separate category, a category all his own. When it comes to the rest, we always know that starting pitching is in demand at the deadline. But this year we're seeing a ton of injuries, and that's going to affect things for sure. We're also seeing tight races in both central divisions, not because the divisions are so strong, but because they're so weak. So teams that you would think would sell, certainly, are not necessarily going to jump to sell when they might still have a chance in that division. And I'm thinking specifically of the White Sox. About, I don't know, a month ago, I wrote, and some other people wrote too, this team's an obvious seller. There's Lynn, there's Giolito, there's possibly Cease if they want to give up that control. There are a lot of pieces there. Tim Anderson would be another piece separate from those guys. And yes, that's all true. But the White Sox have played a little bit better. Not great. And it's not like they're knocking down the door of division title here. But... If you're Jerry Reinsdorf and sold, I don't know that you're going to want to give up on the season so easily. And then there's Milwaukee. At the start of the year, and even up until now, people think, man, yeah, they're good. They're always good. But Corbin Burns, it's been a real issue for them. They've had fights with him in arbitration. He's going to go. I don't know that he's going to go because last year, you guys remember what happened once they traded Josh Hader and the disruption that caused in their clubhouse. And here they are in first place again. They've got other starting pitchers who are injured. I don't see them necessarily trading Corbin Burns unless things change. So you have all of these situations developing. Then you have a team like the Dodgers that needs starting pitching. A team like the Mets that probably will need starting pitching. All of these contenders. And I just don't believe that the supply is going to be there. That could cause some teams to get opportunistic. And of course, over the next two months, things could change a lot too. So I want to qualify everything I'm saying with that understanding that things do change, everything changes. But I don't expect the injuries to change. I expect pitchers to keep getting hurt. And I don't say that happily, of course, but that is going to affect things pretty significantly. What about Stroman? You wrote about him the other day. He wants to stay in Chicago. The problem is he's pitching so damn well. And the Cubs, in my mind, I know they're not far out, but probably not a playoff team, it's going to be hard for them to look around and say, we might have the best 
for one of the best trade assets at the deadline, and we can have a massive haul because everyone wants starting pitching. Playing to your point here. Yes, and I just talked about Burns, so I don't expect him to be available. I don't expect Otani to be available. Eduardo Rodriguez, who was thought to be a guy for the trade market, is now injured. So here's Stroman, top 10 ERA in the game, pitching extremely well, pitching for a team that has been disappointing. Obviously, with an opt-out at the end of this year, he is going to be someone that the Cubs are going to have to listen to unless things turn around. And even if they do, they might have to take advantage of the market. And maybe you get a young starter in return. For a rental, probably not, but you never know, given the demand that is going to be out there. So Strowman told me that, yes, he wants to stay. He loves Chicago, but he's a veteran. He's been traded before at the deadline, if you remember, from Toronto to the Mets. And he is open-minded. He understands that if it's not going to be Chicago, it'll be somewhere else. Then he'll hit the open market, assuming he stays healthy and everything's good. And... That will be that. Now, it's interesting about a pitcher like this who has the opt-out clause because when you acquire him and you give up whatever you give up for him, the risk is he does get hurt in August or September and then he doesn't opt out and you've got the contract coming. Now, maybe if it's a minor injury, not that big a deal, no big deal. But if, let's say, he blows out significantly, and I'm not saying this will happen. I'm just giving you the hypothetical then you're stuck with the contract. So there is a lot in play, a lot of variables with Stroman, but at the same time, Scott, I'm with you. If they don't improve significantly over the next two months, he's gone. The intriguing name to me is Shane Bieber. Who gets a bigger haul? The, the Guardians for Bieber or Stroh from the, from the Cubs? And who do you think has a better chance of going? Bieber would bring a bigger haul, additional control. And the Guardians are really interesting because they're a team that could look to be opportunistic in the way that I mentioned before. They've got Bieber, of course, but they also have McKenzie and Savali coming back off the injured list. They've got young pitchers like Bibby who have come on and performed really well so far. So you could argue that even if they trade Bieber, They'd have enough depth. Quantrill's still there. They can piece it together. Logan Allen has looked really good. At the same time, when you trade starting pitching, you're trading off of your depth and you're risking injury to others and then that depth just going away. So the Guardians are playing a little bit better maybe in the last week. They haven't hit, obviously. So, yes, I think Bieber could be a guy, but it's tough. Eric, I'm curious what you think. You're on a team. You're within a couple of games of first place, as the Guardians are, and then you trade your ace. That might be tough for the clubhouse. Hundred percent. You saw it in, you saw it in uh, Milwaukee in Milwaukee last year with Hayter, and it was a hundred percent a dump. I'm not, I'm not saying they did like they they got rid of Lament. I think the next day. Or whenever, whenever he came off the, well, I, know. I mean, they got a good haul back. They got a good haul because it turned into William Contreras. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a money dump. It turned into William Contreras afterwards, and you spend the whole season pushing to win. And I, no matter what you think, even even the A's players in a season where they don't win, the players are pushing to win. And when front office trades away your back end guy with Hater, or the Guardians, if you trade Bieber, 
which I get it. They're going to get a lot for it, and most likely they're not going to keep a $200 million pitcher. You're like, wait a minute. Like, wait a You feel like you're kind of alone out there on your own island as a player, and I think that's it's a bad it's a bad look. But as an organization, the players in six years, every single one of these players is going to be off the Guardians roster, and you're going to have what you have. So you got to make those decisions. I understand that. You're also asking guys to step into roles that they're not familiar with. Now Bieber is not necessarily a top ten in the game pitcher, a pure ace, but he is their number one. And he is a guy that I'm sure the young pitchers look to. I know that they look to because of what he has done in the game and who he is and his cerebral nature. You take that away, then you're asking everyone to step up a notch, right? It's not so easy. And for a team that is trying to contend, it becomes that much more difficult. So, yes, I can see it. I can see the logic of it. But if the Guardians are in contention – it just becomes, as Eric said, much more difficult to do. That's all you said. Oh, is he an ace? Or well, yeah, we had the discussion. Well, is, is he was definitely an ace for me. I don't know if he's an ace not or one. Not anymore. I mean, one. Even when he won the Cy Young, he needed to put a couple more similar, maybe not Cy Young, but similar years together. And my thing at Velo is not the same as it used to be. Personal numbers this year. I'd rather actually have Stroman right now. So. Um, Ken, let me ask you about the game you're about to cover this weekend. <laughs> Yanks and Dodgers. What are you laughing? I, I, made, a made, I made a face. He made, no, he made a face. I would take Bieber over Stroman. Okay. We'll get into that later. Yanks and Dodgers. Give me a state of each side. I know for Yanks fans, they want to know about Big G coming back, John Carlos Stanton, Donaldson, who many Yankee fans like to pile on right now because he hasn't worked out as a bat and obviously hasn't played this year. And then for the Dodgers, I would say for the most part, exceeding expectations because of the hit they've taken to their starting staff. Would you agree? I would agree, Scott. But first, the Yankees. I went back and read something I wrote this morning at the start of May. And at the time, they had a ton of injuries, just a number of guys. I believe the number was the highest in the majors, 13, 14, whatever it was. And I wrote critically about this, saying, hey, what did you expect? It's an older club. It's a club with guys who get hurt a lot, and this is what's going to happen. Well, what happens? They go 19-10 and in May, most wins in the majors. Judge goes crazy, even though he starts the month on the IL, and they look like they're going to be okay right now. And, yes, Stanton and Donaldson coming back, that lengthens their lineup. Canely gives them another option in their bullpen, which has been lights out. So... I'm impressed by what they've done, really impressed. And they lost Bader again, and that's not great. They've had these journeyman outfielders, Willie Calhoun, Greg Allen, kind of filling in. Jake Bowers is another one. But they're in a good place right now, and they're in a better place than certainly a month ago I imagined or expected that they would be. Long season, they still got to stay healthy, but that lineup is different when Stanton is in it. There's no question about that. And if they can get Donaldson going – all the better. If they can't, they've got options for third picks. And Todd knows this. They've got kind of Falefa, who's been really good as a super utility guy. They've got Oswald Peraza back in the minors hitting again. Oswaldo Cabrera, who just went back down. They could do a number of different things. And DJ LeMahieu now will get more opportunity to rest. So I like where they are. The Dodgers, they are in a t- difficult spot right now because of the injuries in their rotation. Not just Walker Bueller. Remember, he was on this team a year ago. Urias, 
and Dustin May and all of the things that have happened with their rotation. Now, tonight, as you guys mentioned, they've got Kershaw going, and he's been slumping a little bit of late. Tomorrow, it's Michael Grove. And he's stepping in because Gavin Stone, another young pitcher, has not really performed. So they're going to be an interesting team to watch to see which needs develop for them. It could be starting pitching if they don't get to the point of health where they want to be. Or it could be shortstop. It could be another position player. It could be a bullpen. So the Dodgers, they're in a great spot. And keep in mind, they cut payroll this year. They seemingly were preparing for the Otani free agency rather than going all out in free agency this past offseason. And yet here they are again, still the Dodgers, still the team to beat in the West. Who, what is the more likely scenario? The Diamondbacks beat out the Dodgers or the Dodgers lose out to the Diamondbacks? <laughs> it would probably take a little of both, right? It would take the Dodgers coming back to the pack a little bit, and it would take the Diamondbacks sustaining what they've done. Now, I really like what the Diamondbacks have done. You've got the two guys at the top, Gallon and Kelly, and they have some interesting young pitchers. They've got to sort through them just like the Dodgers do, and it might be a little too soon for some of them. Zach Davies is back now. That helps. I love their offense. It's varied. It can do a number of different things. We see them run, obviously, but to beat the Dodgers, you've got to really climb a mountain, and the Padres learned that last year they did it in the postseason not in the regular season and for an experienced team like the dodgers to face an inexperienced team like the diamondbacks as a challenger and don't forget the padres either they're going to factor into this thing too you still have to go with the dodgers and maybe the diamondbacks grab it but for them to grab it the dodgers are going to have to go backwards a little bit too again we appreciate the time great catching up we will see you next week I know at least before Friday because it'll have to be an AJ day. It sounds good to me. I'm not afraid of AJ. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Okay? We'll set it up. The heavyweight battle begins again next week. Again, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Ken Rosenthal with us on FT Live. We are at Borgata and specifically at BetMGM Sportsbook and Bar. And that is where sports fans can watch the games. And you can visit theborgata.com for details. This place will be bumping later. Uh, our picks are coming up soon, too. I'm going to try and watch the game I picked live, or at least part of it, here a little bit later on tonight. One thing before we get to picks is I wanted to sneak this in because it was technically two nights ago. But then there was a big follow-up on social yesterday, and we love the petty stuff. So Francisco Lindor made a play the other day. It was a, a nothing play in terms of competitiveness. He, he could have rolled the ball over and it would have been fine. I want to show the play first because he made the play and the Phillies broadcaster, Ben Davis, who I know I've called some games with him in the past. Oh, here it is. We're showing it right now. So for the podcast crowd, it went to Lindor. And what would you call that throw, Grazia? Just a two-hopper. A two-hopper, whatever, right? A lob. A lob, save the arm, who cares? Makes the play. And do we want to show what Ben Davis said about it? After Afterwards, he – I mean, I don't know if we have the quote or not. I mean, it, it was definitely – it was just a – it was a two-hopper. It was – the guy was stealing. There was no play. Even Guthrie, who was stealing, he just – he just turned and basically went to third. Like he went, he went home. He went to the. So here's, here's the actual. Here's the quote. 
NBC Sports Philadelphia broadcaster. This is from awful announcing. Yeah, but Ben Davis, he said, yeah. I'm not a big fan. Be a little bit more professional about it. Yeah, like, and like, so what does it look like? Like, what what is Ben Davis's rules for throwing over after a double play? I need like proper form, not father. Like, here's here's something that I'm that that I watching games, watching outfielders and infielders play in the big leagues. You never overthrow a guy if you bounce him. So, like, I have no. It was. It, it's not like he like. It's not like he looked at Guthrie and was like. <laughs> and then rolled it up. Like there was nothing. It, it was completely off. I mean, it was very on par for Ben Davis. You know, he's he's very like he wants to be the the governor of what's right and what's wrong, the unwritten rules. Okay. You know, being with him last year, hanging out with him last year with the Phillies broadcast, I was always just like, oh my gosh, Ben, like just relax, bro. Like he's such like he's such a cool dude, incredibly good looking. Yes. Like, the chin of Buzz Lightyear. Six. six. <laughs> oh, like he is he is the poster child yes. of exactly who you should take in your number two pick overall. <laughs> but like the whole like unwritten rules, like and, and Tom McCarthy, T Mac said he, he asked Ben, he's like, he's like, uh, did you have kind of a problem with that? And Ben was like, Yeah, you just gotta be a little more professional about it. But what does that mean? I'm not sitting here saying like you should dance on somebody's face. But, like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, be more professional. So just explain it. Like, if you don't like the way somebody bat flips, explain that. Like, what, what don't you like about it? And Ben's very opinionated. And so I love that he said it because guys would always give him a hard time. I'm trying to think if it was Krupp that would give him a hard time or Ruben, Ruben Amaro. John Krupp or Ruben Amaro were also on there. And one of them was always bringing up the fact that, like, Hey, uh, Ben, like, remember back when there was a no-hitter? It's probably Ruben. Ruben, Ruben's, Ruben's big. Ruben. 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 Kurt Schilling had a no-no. Eighth yeah. inning. No-no. And who walks up to the plate? Ben, ben Davis. Ben. Drops the bunt down. No-no over. For a knock. No-no over. Two-nothing game. Yeah, it was two-nothing. Close. Yeah. Close game. Yeah. yeah. I See, here's my thing. And then I know Todd's ready to go. So I'll be quick on mine. I have no problem with any of this. Too. I have no problem with the bunt back then in a close game. Do your thing. Field your position. Agree. I have no problem with Lindor making a play, just like I have no problem with Wander Franco flipping the ball to himself and then flinging it over to first. I agree. I agree 100%. I, him, him and Tom, because I know very well, Ben was my locker mate across from me in spring training when we were in the AAA minor league clubhouse. So I've known Ben for a long time. He comes up, gives me a big hug or whatever, but it's a big hug. Oh it's man, he, he reminds me of Superman. It, it's just, he is. He's got this figure to him. It's like he's walk by, like you have to look. You're like who is this monster human being? Just like yourself. But it's uh, it's just like I said about Kirk. It's frustration because they, they stink right now. The Phillies aren't doing well, and they're looking for more stuff to say. And I I just think it was just. It was out of line. It was just, I, I think, if, if you know him, I think he might, I thought, hey, Ben, you know, did you really mean what you said there? I'm professional. Uh, I think he, he would come back and tell you no. He would probably back, he wouldn't back down from it. Because no. he is definitely, like, he, he's firm in what he believes, but he's like, eh, yeah, whatever. You know, he wouldn't be as firm as, because he didn't have time. They didn't spend any more time. And I think McCarthy kind of teed him up on there. Like, he had to give an answer. Yeah, what would you think about that? Kind of, like, well, he could have easily went and said, you know, 
I don't have a problem with it, but maybe it was just throw the ball instead of there. But they got the out. Who cares? You know, like who cares? Like how- sometimes people airmail those balls. You know, oh. you know what I'm saying? Or, or what? What if that's the case? What if we don't know? Lindor might have the yips. Yeah. On double no. plays, I know he doesn't. I'm just but saying. You know, like, but they they said still on there too many layers to it. They said, oh, he should have tagged him. But what happens if he goes and tags him? He trips. The ball pops out of his head. We've seen crazier stuff oh, in baseball. The Jonathan Lindor play <laughs> yeah, with exactly. Bregman. Yes. You know, swing, miss, goes to pick it up. They're just, they're just they're disgruntled. They're pissed. They're, they're pissed. Their their team's not doing well. Right. I think it was a reach. And I know both of them give Tom a text and go, hey, man, what the heck was that about? Tom? Well, no, Tom, Tom wasn't in <laughs> No, it. but he, he was just he, setting he, up his analyst to have his lane. He set it up. So. Yeah, that's what you do. That's the proper play-by-play move. Hey, man, like team that. Up. Team Mac, I'm going to text you later, bro. We'll get you on the show. We'll talk about oh, it. Yeah. What, a, what an illustrious voice that is. He's it doing is. basketball. Like He's doing it all. He's football. Everything. If you could put, if you could put Team Mac's voice – into Ben Davis's chin, <laughs> I love it. like it would just be the most intimidating person you've ever met. Ben Davis had a good, he had a good, he had a good quote one time. He was, he was just sweat. He was in this like two-piece suit, like he had his suit jacket off. It was in the middle of July. He had a button-down shirt, sweating, tie. And he was just like, he's like, whatever he was doing, whatever we were, we were doing. He goes, he goes. Greg Murphy told me this story. He goes. Wish I could have hit a curveball. <laughs> Wouldn't have to be doing any of this. Uh, <laughs> I call him Bazooka Ben. I'd uh, love to ask him about that one. I wanted to make sure we gave that a little coverage because that was hot in Philadelphia. They just got swept. I mean, true. Again, and they didn't score the many runs, so they're like, yeah, they got they're playing terribly right now. And they know it. Castellanos was very vocal about it the other day, too. Right after Who's not game. playing that? No, he's doing He's one of the guys doing well. He's, he's doing a bounce okay. back season. Yes, very yeah. good. Just a lot of the guys on that team that are stars are you look at their numbers and it's like average. Like if you're going OPS plus and they're they're like right around a hundred. And it's like, oh, that guy's usually one thirty-five. That's your problem. You need the stars to be hot. About to get hot. Schwarber June. I'm just putting Schwarber Fest. That's why right now I'm not touching Phillies games because I know I'm gonna pick an under, I'm gonna pick against and whatever, and I'm gonna get blasted and they're gonna win seven in a row. They did it last year in June. They won how many? Nine in a row? Hey June. At least. They they won on a run. So I'm like, no, no thanks. I'm not falling for that again. there are plenty of other games. All right. Let's get a little slap hands action going right now. On a Friday, we got a couple things to cover. I got a plug um, and a birthday we want to shout out to. But first, let's slap hands. <laughs> Todd's fired up. Uh, first off, again, thank you to Borgata for hosting us. We'll be here every other week. So if you want to come say hello in person, we're here 1 to 3 Eastern on Fridays every other week. Don't show up next week. You will not be here. Uh, but don't miss the area's best comics taking the stage at Borgata Comedy Club. You can see the full comedy club listing at theborgata.com. I'm going to go first because I actually have something to run for you from a recent appearance. It aired last weekend, but it's pretty evergreen. You can listen to it now and it still applies. The Angels are still pretty much in the same spot. Kratzy and me went on the Locked on Angels podcast and had a blast. The hosts are, are fantastic. They watch every second. They are dialed in as hell. They're nice as hell. We couldn't stop talking before and after the interview. But let's just give you a little piece of what they talked about in regards to the Angels. 
You yeah. know what's interesting about what you said, Scott? You you said one thing. I'm gonna I'll share two things. One thing that you said as you were talking about Artie in 2017 and his comment about starting pitching. It, the funny thing is, is that he doesn't care about starting pitching, but he's never actually done anything or at least allowed GMs to do anything with the bullpen. So the the irony there is he hasn't done anything, right? And so that's what makes him so frustrating as an owner and as Angel fans, he, he just frustrates us. And then the second thing, and I think what you bumped into on Twitter was the trauma that Angel fans have gone through and you just became the, the, the focus of that trauma because we – have seen the national media not acknowledge some good things about the angels. Now, granted for 10 years, why pay attention to the angels, right? <laughs> why would anybody want to pay attention to the angels? And so what you received was this idea of like, Hey, you don't even know about this guy, even though you do. But the assumption was you don't know about this guy because the narrative earlier this year was the angels have no pitching. And then at the same time, the WBC is happening and people are like, hey, who's this Patrick Sandoval guy? He's fantastic. What team is he on? <laughs> and Angel fans were like, he's on our team, right? <laughs> and so you got all of that trauma because it has the sense has been from Angel fans, and John and I are included in that, that those on the national stage just don't know what's happening exactly. Good stuff. And thank you to Mike and John for hosting us. And again, you can check out that, that pod from last weekend. But we had a good time. But we, we went after it. It was great. It was great. You from your kitchen nook, me from my basement. But like, it shouldn't just be locked in on me. It shouldn't be locked on Angels. It should be locked. Those guys are locked. Yes. They Cap, are all caps. All caps. Whatever, yeah. whatever emoji you need for lock. Like, <laughs> put the lock on it. Like, they are. And that's, to me, that's the beauty of baseball even more than football because i feel like a lot of people like somebody from new jersey could be a huge green bay fan a huge packers fan and that's you know you can really be locked in oh my my uncle joey he grew up there you know he used to say big and we made fun of him here like baseball is very regional now in that sense and those guys are so locked into the angels tough tough gig for them kind of like being a jets fan yeah it's really but, tough it's, when you have that talent and you're just not putting it together uh, for year after year, we were able to have this therapy session where we're like, yo, we're with you, Angels fans. We're here for we you. We know you're not with us because you want like to be in a corner and just like have a temper tantrum by yourself. And again, just some Angels fans that were going off. So it was it was a good time. I encourage you to, to give it a listen. We all had a good time bashing ownership because that's something we can all agree on. Angels ownership, A's ownership, same kind of deal. What do you got on your head? Today, we got... The brouhaha's. It was more of like the military appreciation hats. It was kind of, you know, I think we wore them for Memorial Day. I think we wore them for July 4th. And Shogger. Like, we got to have Jason Shogger, the equipment guy. That's who Woody, that's who Big Woo was talking about, who lost his bat, the, the Kershaw home run bat. He designs all this. I mean, he helps design all this stuff. Obviously, it's, it's New Era that does it, but they get the – they get the stars. They have military appreciation on Sundays. The hat's legit. No, it's a great hat. That's one that you can kind of like sneak into the woods and no one yeah, finds exactly. it. Like it, not every hat has to pop. Is what no, my point is. Right. No, that, not, that's cool. It's not. It's not the Diversion hats. It's not the Copa Diversion hats that I've been wearing from the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. And you can you can borrow this if you know if you weren't you know if you were more like a size seven and five eighths when no, you're with that when you're with AJ. We're with AJ hunting, hunting boars down in Arizona. One day. I mean, down Orlando. 
Well, we, we will get your guy on, though. Recruit territory popped a little bit this week with the Brandon Woodruff yeah. story about the bat because no one knew about it. Yeah. So the, I didn't even know about the it. The lost bat. The I famous lost bat. Yes. I have it in my that might be a, that, <laughs> yeah. that might be a Ken Golden thing. You should have taken that out. Let's bring that out when, when Big Lou's in the Hall of Fame. Hey, happy birthday to Jeremy Meyer, one of our super, super producer directors behind the scenes and our, behind the scenes and our whole crew clapping it up for him too. My hands are full, but uh, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for doing everything that you do, and thank you to everyone for checking us out here on a Friday in AC. For it's just like itching to get back to the table. I haven't played yet. I'm ready to run. <laughs> he hasn't played, but he's got chips on the table. I don't understand. Thanks, Chip for Kenny Ballgame, Rosenthal. Ross Stripling and Whit Merrifield and its golf tournament, which we'll post more information about. Have a great weekend. FT Live back in our normal homes. But again, thanks to Borgata here in Atlantic City. We'll be back in this location, 1 o'clock Eastern, two weeks from now. Happy Friday. Spicy Ball is back for BetMGM sports players. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account and place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Got to use that promo code SPICYBALL. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLING.